Hey guys, and welcome to the Coffee and Turner Syndrome podcast. My name is Brooke. Pour yourself your favorite cup of coffee, and let's hop into today's episode. How's everyone doing? I hope everybody's okay and taking care of themselves. Things are crazy, but we're not going to talk about that today. Um, besides saying that I hope everybody's doing okay and taking care of themselves. If 2020 has taught us anything, I hope it has collectively taught us to take care of ourselves. Welcome to the next episode of the Coffee and Turner Syndrome podcast. Crazy stuff is going on in the country, in the world, but we're here to talk about Turner Syndrome. And I once again want to talk about a health concern specifically connected to synthetic hormones and the impact they can have on our beings and on our health in general. Um, I feel like this is particularly important for those of us with Turner Syndrome because we are so connected to that and I mean I've always called it being dependent on it for me. I, I just feel like that's how it's felt like that's the type of relationship it's felt like has been being dependent on the synthetic forms of hormones the um just the boost from them and the help that they give to i guess not survive necessarily but function normally um normally put that in air quotes um in case you're curious, behind me, if you're watching the live stream, yes, that's a diffuser. That's my diffuser, my desert mist. And I am diffusing Christmas Spirit and Valor. I saw it on Instagram, and it just seemed like what I needed. So that's what's in the diffuser behind me. All right, here we go. Synthetic hormones. Ooh, big topic. Well, something that needs to be talked about. I don't know if I'm an expert on it at all. But it's a big discussion to have. So there are lots of different forms of synthetic hormones or, I mean, in general, just in options. There's a lot of different ways we can get hormones to help that deficiency that we naturally have. There's so many different options and things that have been researched and tried, and I've always been an advocate for try as much as you feel like you need to to find what's right for you. And that one form being right for one person does not mean it's going to be the right one for somebody else. And kind of just I've always been the, the advocate for not boxing yourself in with what that has to look like. Um, and I do want to talk about the research that is needed with this, but first I want to talk about some of the options and the various impacts they may or may not have. So there are several different forms that hormones come in that you can have prescribed to you. Even within pills, there's different forms of that that you can have prescribed to you. Um, there's birth control, which is probably 
at the top of the list of the most common forms that's prescribed to women with Turner Syndrome, girls with Turner Syndrome that I've seen. Um, it's not what I started on, but it was what I was on for a long time because it is the easiest way to get both estrogen and progesterone in one consolidated fashion. It's the least complicated method of delivery where you have one thing you're prescribing and taking and that's it. Um, for me, when I first started on hormones, I actually had a routine of a progesterone pill and an estrogen pill separate that I took on a certain schedule. Much like the schedule I'm on right now, but instead of an estrogen pill, I'm on an estrogen patch, which is a whole other conversation we'll have in a minute. Um, but the birth control is the most common. It's also, for me, the one that comes, in my opinion, the one that comes with the greatest risk of impact and is probably the one that's going to address things least commonly the best. Because when you broad sweep something like that, it's not a dosage that's adjustable. You have to completely change the pill if you want a different dosage. Um, it's not as customizable, right? It's not as adjustable to what you specifically need. You have to completely rehaul and look at other options to change things, even if that just means looking at another birth control option. Um, so, that is why I switched from that one, was because it really wasn't working for me. I had been on it for years, and I had been on, oh gosh, at least three variations of it. Um, and the middle variation that I was on was the worst. And kind of what taught me these lessons. Um, but even with the one that I felt the best on, the delivery method was in concern. Um, it was something that was in question whether or not it was doing what it, what it needed to do for me, what I needed from it. And so moving to that one, um, you guys know, if you've been following me for very long, that I was switched to a patch, like I just mentioned, and a progesterone pill. So I'm on a schedule of taking, or of applying the patch, taking the pill the last 10 days of the month. Um, and this was my second experience with the patch. The patch is something that is just as you need to pay attention to if it's doing what you need it to because they come in different forms, just like birth control pills, and they come with different risks, things you have to think about, um, especially the adhesive, um, the dosage, so you really have to pay attention just as much. Um, but it does come with the convenience of it's not an every single day thing, but it is at every three and a half, four days thing that you have to think about. So it's it, it's not like it's a leave it and forget it long term type thing. <laughs> um, but it is a much 
simpler option for that than having to remember to take a pill every single day or remember your schedule for it or whatever. Um, but now, um, this put me in the position of looking into other options after experiencing things I'd experienced and reading up on things with synthetic hormones in general, which I would classify any birth control pills, any, um, I, I feel like most hormone pills are going to be synthetic. Um, and you still want to pay attention, but you have to know what you're on. So you really have to research your specific pills and prescriptions and everything. However, I started seeing a lot of research to indicate certain impacts it could have. I've talked specifically about the liver being impacted. Um, that was what my experience was that made me like red flag and prioritize figuring out a better one because it just was so obvious it wasn't a good one for me. Um, was the impact that it had on my liver. My enzymes spiked through the roof and it was very, very in co coinciding with taking that specific birth control pill and then stopping that birth control pill that my liver enzymes skyrocketed and got back down to closer to normal. So that really started that research for me and not only did I find aspects of liver function able to be impacted, there's um, always I feel like with hormones, specifically estrogen, a concern for you really have to pay attention to if it's going to raise your risk of cancer or not. Um, I specifically have breast cancer in my family history that was triggered by Premarin. And so that pill specifically I stay away from because of that. I was taking it in the very beginning, but I wasn't on it very long. And as soon as they could, they got me off of it. Um, but any too much of estrogen can give you that risk um, from most things I've read. Um, just estrogen in general is a hormone that you really have to pay attention to for that. So not that it's automatically it's going to give you cancer, it's going to cause problems, but just it's something to think about, it's something to pay attention to, um, especially when you're talking long-term impacts and dosage impacts. I feel like those are important things to look at and think about. Um, and then there's also the interference with your natural hormone function. So part of the way birth control functions is it takes over it and cancels out your normal hormone function 
and tricks your body into doing something different. Um, it spikes certain levels, and that's how it works as birth control. Um, so, those are things to think about, too, is, is the form you're using working with your natural body functions, or is it not? Um, and what do you need in that department? And is there any long-term things that that could be a positive or a negative with? So, again, there's not a one-size-fits-all answer. My story is not going to be everybody's story. What works for me is not necessarily going to work for you. But these are all things that I feel like as we're making health decisions, as we're trying to take the best care of ourselves as we can, these are good things to at least consider and think about and have in the conversation and understand fully the picture of what's happening or what could happen. Um, I don't personally think there's been enough research into the impacts, the different forms and methods of delivery for hormones for women with Turner syndrome could have. We are on it a very, very prolonged time. I don't think most people that take birth control just as birth control are on it as long of a period of time as women with Turner syndrome are exposed to those hormones for as long of a period of time. And that's an important thing to consider when we're talking long-term healthcare plans and what's working best for us. We know we have this until, I mean, until at least we're going to just let ourselves go into menopause, right? At some point, we have to have that discussion of, okay, we're done. We're going to let it go, not worry about it. And my understanding, at least, once again, not any kind of an expert, um, is that that leads to just going into menopause for the significant portion of us. Um, and that's decades, guys. That's decades of using these hormones in whatever form they come in. So this is a very serious consideration for the long-term health impacts that long of exposure could have. Um, it's, it's something that's kind of, I've always had it in the back of my mind, but I don't know that I've ever settled how I feel about it. Um, I really don't think there's been enough research into it or much consideration um, they kind of just feel like yeah, it's what you need. And obviously, there are tons of women with Turner Syndrome that have made that transition already that had no issues, potentially. Um, I just feel like maybe it should be a little more looked into than, or at least discussed than it is. And it's always something that is on a individual case-by-case -case basis. It's never going to be something you can broad sweepingly say, this will affect everybody the same. Everybody's going to have this scenario with it. Wow. 
like we talk about all the time. We are not case by case. We are not, we are not case by case. We are not one size fits all in this scenario. So that is something that I've kind of always wondered what the potentials there are and what really is like you need to pay attention to. Um, and I don't know if we really know or will know for a while. Um, there's so much new research being done and so many new and different methods and routines being tried that we probably wouldn't know for a long time. But as you are making decisions, as you are talking with your doctors, as you are looking into options, these are things that are important to consider and it is not silly to ask those questions or get their opinion on it. It is educating yourself and making sure you are as informed as you can be to make the best decision that you can. Um, this is why I kind of got an alternative second opinion on what my routine looked like from a naturopathic doctor because I wanted a different perspective. I wanted a unique perspective that I had never gotten before. And I wanted just to look into and get information about options I had not looked into before. I ended up finding out that what I'm on right now is what's called bioidentical hormones, which I absolutely am ecstatic about because that is the best for, or the healthiest form you can be on, um, and that made me really happy. However, this is a journey, right? So there doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that there couldn't be more things to try or ways to improve or what have you. Um, it, it, it's something I will always be asking questions about. I simply wanted to take this chance to share those experiences, the research that I've seen, the different concerns that I have that I feel like is missing from research that we don't really have answers about that is important. And as you are trying to do your best for your health, it's important to know those things. It's important to have that information. Um, the uniqueness of our situation with any form of hormones it is something I think that's fairly new and a lot of those things are just still being figured out. I don't know of many other situations, like I mentioned, where somebody would be on some type of hormone for that much of their life. It's a lot. It's a really long time to be on treatments like that. Now, everybody's situation is different. Not everybody would be necessarily on hormones from prepubescent 
through menopause, right? Like not everybody is going to have that story. Some may not even need it at all. Um, but for those of us that do, these are important things to think about. It doesn't come without risks. It doesn't come without impacts. And being aware of that is important. So for that reason, not to sound an alarm and say that you need to absolutely don't do anything based off of what I say, take what I say and talk to a doctor and ask them any questions you have. Um, I don't want to scare you guys ever, like I've said before, but you know, I'm all for being aware. So that is what I wanted to highlight. Just the importance of being aware of these things, the importance to think about the impact that the medicine we are taking long-term could have. Um, yeah, just really good to think about. So there's some comments. Mama 81 says, it would be nice to have a thyroid patch. That would be cool. I know there's quite a few different pill options, if I remember, but I'm not actually sure what the different options for thyroid are. That is not something I've had to um, encounter, so I'm not even very up on what the options are besides I know there's a pill. So, um, obviously, a patch is so much, <laughs> I mean, dealing with if the adhesive, like, irritates your skin isn't fun but beyond that a patch can be so much simpler and I just set alarms in my phone for every three days and it's great um I am awful at remembering these things so no matter what I was doing I'd have to set alarms but yes a patch could be a good option if that would be a good delivery method um definitely trying to remember it would be less complicated. Um, and she also said back in the day there was talk of Prem Pro and cancer family history. Yeah. So I was on Premarin and Progesterone for I want to say seven or eight months at least. I don't think it was a whole year. I can't remember though. It was a while ago. I started it when I was 13, 12 and a half or 13. Um, and I had the family history that um, my first ever appointment with an endocrinologist actually was when she said they were going to start me on it. And she had named everything beforehand and then just offhand before we left her office and I was going to go do my blood work and um, I can't remember if it was the EKG before or after that appointment but do the screenings before I left um, she said oh, if there's not anything else and my mom goes well or like if there's not any questions or there's nothing I should know um, you can head to go do that and my mom goes well actually and she told her about the family history and um my doctor goes she was immediately like okay 
well, we will take her off of it as soon as we can. And she was very on top of doing that. Um, she was really good. I really loved my pediatric endo. Um, so it's, it's definitely something that you, you really shouldn't ignore. Um, and I, I know there's a lot of current research about different aspects of things like that. Um, I think to some extent though, for me, with it being family history, it's just easier and simpler to not take the risk and not have to worry about it or think about it. And so knowing those types of things helps too. Knowing your family history, knowing how it connects to what's going on with you is important. So yeah, I totally understand that. It's, it can be an intense thing. Um, and you know, when you're talking to a doctor and they tell you, you should do this and you may not know exactly how you feel about it. It can be complicated to say, mm, let's pause and I want to look at this a little bit longer, but there you go. <sighs> okay. So thank you guys so much for hanging out with me. Thank you for just chatting about everything. Um, I have enjoyed doing the podcast so, so much. It has been so much fun. And I still don't have an exact time of day on Wednesdays, but I've been trying to be very consistent with at least, no matter what, at some point on Wednesday. And... I hope you guys have enjoyed that as much as I have, and I will talk to you guys for the next episode. Bye! Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Coffee and Turner Syndrome. If you would like to support the podcast, I do have listener support set up on Anchor, and if you'd like to leave me a voice message, I would love to hear from you. Don't forget, you can find the video version of this podcast on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash brooktv. Make sure you're subscribed so you see when the next one comes out, and I will see you guys in the next episode.